Welcome to These Are Just Thoughts. Hello, and welcome to These Are Just Thoughts with Dustin Abrego. Today, I am joined by the amazing Casey Crowd. Casey, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So if you would uh, like to just give a small intro of like who you are, what you're about, what's going on in your life. Well, I appreciate uh, the invitation to your show. Um, uh, like Dustin said, my name is Casey Crowd. I'm a recent CMU uh, graduate. I studied um, I studied entrepreneurship in both my undergraduate degree as well as my master's degree. And then I also had a concentration in psychology. So I'm really big about consumer behavior. And now currently I work for a resort doing as the marketing director and at the same time uh, coinciding with running my own business called Ignite Donuts, which is sold at CMU, Central Michigan University, as well as uh, the Mount Pleasant region. Awesome. Well, thank you. What um, you're in undergrad, you know, you're you have this you're doing entrepreneurship business and like consumer behavior and things. And like, I know you've probably been asked this question a bunch by every newspaper and every whatever. Why donuts? What prompted you being like this? And like, not only that, like going into different people could say is arguably one of the hardest type businesses to get into of just like direct to consumer, like restaurant type. I know it's not like a full restaurant, restaurant aspect, but it's really hard to make it in that type market and whatnot. So can you like walk us through yeah. like a short synopsis of what prompted that for you? Yeah, I started the business a few years ago and the whole idea at the time was uh, I, I was really developing into my faith. I was figuring out how can I be a loving role model uh, that represents my faith. And I realized that food actually brings people together, regardless of people's identity in, in their politics or religion. We live in a very, very divided world. And at the time, I thought we were at its pinnacle, but uh, time has told differently. And uh, I think the cool part about it is no matter what anyone's status is when it comes to identities people always are open to eat with each other as friends as strangers as whoever um more times than not, i should say and at the time i mean i still do at the time donuts was just a pretty luxury dessert for me or just an awesome snack to have and i was like how can i put this on campus where i'm this is my peer these are my peers these college students at the time and how, how can I actually bring them value? And so, um, you know, you have the typical route of going to starting a business, especially in the restaurant industry and going into actually a brick and mortar location. We realized at the time that was probably too expensive. We wanted to start something much more simple uh, than that, which was just to do a delivery service. So we thought it was simple, I should say. And because, I mean, when you get to the, the logistics of it, you have insurance, a car vehicle that you need, and um, it, the expenses add up quite, quite quickly. You need a place to produce the product that you're making. And that was a challenging yet really awesome process just because it allowed me to realize how society works from a business standpoint in a lot of cases. I mean, the principles are still the same outside of the restaurant industry. Um, and so th what really directed me to doing donuts was my passion for loving the product of donuts, just loving that food item. And then uh, my faith really was like, really drove me to actually um, make it 
impact on people's lives. And although uh, I'm not where I foresee myself um, now, right now, uh, I do believe that I've made such a, uh, I've, I've made an impact on people just through the daily activities that Ignite has brought, um, the opportunities that, that has come through, through Ignite. So we're getting there. And tell me if I'm wrong that when you have this idea, because it's not just you, right? There, you have a business partner. Am I correct? Or? Yeah. At the time, I had two other business partners. They were were okay. my roommates. Okay. To start out, it's not like you got seed money from your parents, or you just tried like hustling and doing it. You know, running a legal business from your residence hall room or anything like that, right? Um, you went to do the new venture competition in which you got. And for people that aren't aware, like that's where. Um, is it businesses, private parties, or how, yeah. how does the like people invest in? Cause it's like, yeah, I don't want to say venture capital. Cause that sounds like very clickbait, like Silicon Valley stuff. Yeah. But... It's a, it's just, it's a college based um, shark tank business competition. And so it's just replicating a business pitch, CMU, CMU alumni. Um, there's a, there are wealthy there that are in, mm-hmm. interested in, mm-hmm at the university so they come back they support the university give a little a little bit of money uh, from their perspective and try to form relationships mm-hmm. and i'm making assumptions that like for you when that happened and you like won you know or an amount or i don't know if there's a central winner or whatnot like um wow this is huge like you were on on high right of like this is a yeah. big deal yeah and i'm sure you maybe told that story a bunch like when did like the reality set in? Like, cause it's always like, you know, when you're at graduation and you walk and you're like, this is great. But then you're like, you're in the car ride home, at least for me after I graduated. And I was like, Oh, this, I'm done now. Like, Oh geez. Like when, when did that happen for you? Yeah. I think it's happened several times. Uh, I don't think okay. I've had like a, I mean, biz, to your point, biz, starting a business is tough, especially a restaurant business. So you got to take your wins when you get them. And so mm-hmm. uh, I competed in the new venture competition two years. Uh, the first year we got, there's three rounds part of the competition. The last round is the final round. And if you make it there, you're going to win a $10,000 plus prize, which is nice. Um, we got out <laughs> the first round just like uh, most people do. And we were a little bit disappointed, but uh, the nice thing was we formed relationships with the people, our visitors at our booth and we eventually actually made our um, a connection, our relationship with our investor, John Kahavi, <clears throat> who's also the biggest uh, investor and donor for CMU. Um, and so it, it was a pretty good connection to begin with. And then he gave us uh, some money. He gave us $10,000 to begin with, which is crazy from a, a student that has no money uh, at, at the time and still struggling a little bit there. And so, I mean, it's, it's life-changing money right, for anyone. Right. You, know, you usually have to go, I feel as though, and I guess, you know, only from movies or other TV shows, like you, you feel like you either have to go grovel with grandparents or with like right. a bank to try to get that type of, but he goes, Hey, I think your idea is worth something and it's worth this and you went oh okay yeah and the cool thing too and i found that this out about businesses um it's really as an investor's perspective they really don't care about the business like he our product at the time really sucked (laughs) our donuts were stale like i like i'm surprised he actually uh 
he was interested in investing in that product. But what really um, surprised him was that we had the the straightforwardness to actually have a conversation with him and be honest and transparent with him. And so he didn't invest in Ignite Donuts. He invested in us. And I think mm-hmm. that's what most investors actually do, which is pretty cool. But like as a student at the time, like you have to uh, coming up with the best idea, best product, best model for this idea was mm-hmm. what I was going for. And that couldn't be more further from the truth because I've utilized his money, but, and I wouldn't say I've like made mistakes with his money, but like I've made decisions that I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, looking back at it, I could have used this connection, which would have saved me there. So I wouldn't have to waste a thousand dollars buying that, that uh, ordinance or that fee or whatever it is. Um, and so there, there's a lot of, uh, nitty gritty stuff that like I could have saved money in the long run, but I've found out after the fact. Um, and so, mm-hmm. but yeah, and $10,000 is a good starting point, but it, when your restaurant business is really like, mm-hmm. that's really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially if, if you have nothing, you're basically spending $10,000 on R and D research and development. And if you can get to mm-hmm. the next phase, they might be willing to invest more if you keep it communication. So spending the money in like, that was a moment where you realized like, oh, this is real. Like, yeah. Uh, it was pretty crazy because like he was offering us at the time we had no idea what ownership really meant or percentage wise (laughs) equity. And so we showed up to his golf course that he owns and he was having a conversation with us and he was basically um, asking us like how much equity is he going to get in the company? And we had no idea like what that meant to begin with. And so maybe you reviewed that in the class at one point, right? Well, at that time, but Sadly, we didn't. Not at the time. I oh my was, gosh! Yeah, at the time I was still too young, um, and so I we never reviewed actual ownership uh, in a class. Oof. So I had no idea mm-hmm. um, outside of just talking to some of my mentors at the time. Um, and mm-hmm. so when he said ten thousand dollars for a percentage of the company, and then I I threw out there five or ten percent, he basically. Uh, <laughs> said, your company is not worth $40,000 to begin with. I'm willing to give you some money. And I was like, okay, you're, you're right. And so um, it, it was pretty cool to just to have that perspective. And, you know, I'm sure I could have negotiated slightly better than what we actually got. But it, it was a good starting point. And he's been a great, uh, great asset to the company. And so um, experience was pretty enlightening after we got that $10,000 in the, like as a check, we were like, Holy crap, this is crazy. And so, and that was just the starting point for what's, what was to come. So. Did you maybe initially feel that like when you got that money, I, I just think like for, for anyone, right. That just showing up in a bank account, you'd be like, Whoa, at every stage in life, like different amounts of money. Like when I got my first paycheck, my first, first full-time right. job, I was like, this is the biggest paycheck ever. Right. And you get like super jazzed. When did like the reality of you, like being the business owner with the money, as you said, like, cause I feel like maybe when you're a kid, you get like 50 bucks for Christmas or something. Right. And you're like, I'm going to buy an airplane. I'm going to buy all of these things. And then like, it just very quickly runs away from you and you go, Okay, I got these two toys, and you're happy, but you you don't realize how far money actually does go. Um, was that like a rude awakening for you all, maybe at some point? Yeah, it was actually really interesting too because 
I didn't know this until we actually got the check, but any mon- amount of money that's $10,000 or more, this uh, state of mm-hmm. Michigan actually like audits it and just to see mm-hmm. if it's fraudulent or not. And so it, w- it takes mm-hmm. 10 days to actually get into your bank account. And it was just like, <laughs> it, like stuff I didn't know. Like it, it mm-hmm. was pretty crazy mm-hmm. just having just a lump sum of $10,000. Um, and at that time, the most I've ever seen is like a thousand dollars just to buy my first car and so forth. Right. How have you felt that this like experience of you going through all of this, how, how has it changed you? Maybe not just like from you realizing some hard lessons as a business owner, but you've also said the faith has really guided yeah. you to try to do this. How has it changed you like personally, how you show up? Um, not not just professional because I, I think it's important to focus on a person like holistically and as a as a whole versus Casey entrepreneur business five hundred person right yeah. like how has this changed you of like how you feel and like confidence like making you more humble sure. or like re reinvigorating your faith yeah. Yeah, so I realized that I'm an imperfect person just like everyone else is and that I'm going to make decisions that probably aren't the best, best uh, uh, that has the best outcomes. And I, I have to live with that and I'm okay um, with that. And I, I think sometimes we get too caught up um, as businesses or small businesses or corporate businesses get too caught up on whether it was the right decision or a wrong decision. At the end of the day, there's decisions happen. You can try to strategize to make the best decisions possible. And if that turns out to be not a good decision, you live with it and you have to move on. That's the, the um, journey of life. And so I, I think that's been a a big awakening for me is like understanding that I, I don't need to be perfect. I don't even need to strive, strive to be that perfection, uh, perfectionist person within my business. Um, and I can utilize my, my failures as my successes, uh, as the roots to my successes, I should say. And so, and then outside of that is just like being open to having a conversation with anyone, a stranger. They might be someone who, I may be able to uh, help or support in some way or another, or it could be someone who gives me help and support as a mentor, as a connection to another company or another person or, you know, a long life friend. Uh, so those two things be understanding that I'm not, I'm not a perfect person and that's okay. And I'm okay with all the the decisions I make so long that it's a loving decision at the end of the day. And then number two is just being open with people and having conversations with people and uh, just understanding that, you know, there, there could be something that comes out of this that's outside of like, there there shouldn't be expectations to uh, say Mm -hmm. one thing, but two, like Mm -hmm. it it just, it's a good connection to meet new people. It's a good asset. I should say. Do you, from everything you said here, which is like, I believe is super valuable. I feel like you've hit on a lot of like very classic lessons that like maybe looking back, like small talk, being open to having conversations. Um, you said when talking with um, John and like how the business, you said being very straightforward and honest and then not being perfect. I feel like these are very like lessons that people as they get older, try to instill in people that are younger and coming up and whatnot. Have you ever like 
it's hard when maybe you're part of it and you're doing it and it's your life experience. But looking back, you can be like, if I had had, if I had thought about these lessons and taken them more serious of like something very straightforward, being like, just be open and honest, be straightforward. Do you think that would have maybe saved you some heartache or do you think you needed that to get to where you are right now? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think throughout that process I've matured immensely, but I mean, these are just common insecurities that most people have. And I think that I still have it to some degree Uh, when I'm not talking about ignite donuts or something that I'm super passionate (laughs) about. Like it's very hard to do the same thing that I was going to do with an ignite. So like if I'm going Mm -hmm. to have a meeting with a bunch of people or reach out to some people and ask them questions about, um, you know, like suppliers or any, any questions that, um, revolve around donuts or something or like that food business if i did that um at a different company or some for in some way shape or form it's a little bit more difficult for me to put myself out there um mm. and I, I think it's because there's a lack of knowledge of just understanding other companies products and services and how they do businesses because at the end end of the day i get to control what i want to do with ignite and that's mm-hmm. just me being myself. But when I'm working mm-hmm. for another company, I don't necessarily get to control everything that um, I, I, I can put out there. And so um, like I can control how I represent myself, but the connections I make there, um, I, I just want to make sure that I'm doing so in the right way that the business I'm working for really wants me to represent the business, not necessarily represent myself. Do you think that's part of your like natural entrepreneurship spirit to where like you're talking about how much you really will dig in to like be passionate part of the company the message, mission, vision, whatever that is. But when it's not yours, do you think that's part of just who you are or do you think that's uh, an innate thing for people? Yeah. I think that there's a lot of like corporate talk of like having those um, parameters within a business like every mm-hmm. business should have an employee handbook with these parameters of mission mm-hmm. value and so forth however when you have corporate talk in that sense uh, the stereotype is they mm-hmm. talk about it but they never actually act on it and then you have small businesses that either have it or not and if they have it it's just mm-hmm. something that their corporate partners have created and they just have to have at this point and so well what i'm trying to really challenge the status quo is like i want to act it out i don't want to be talking the talk i want to walk the walk and and so like the only way i can do that is actually by showcasing through just being a role model of like what why what does this actually replicate and so um when a business doesn't really have that totally there because they don't see the value in that like it's a little bit hard for me to comprehend of like what the business really wants me to rep how how can i best represent that business and so um when i'm able to do it with ignite it's pretty simple because what i'm doing is actually what is in the the mission vision and so forth and so um yeah i i think it's a undervalued area um big undervalued area i think it would uh, decrease the high turnover rates within the service industry if um, businesses respected uh, 
what they were trying to preach. And so, like, I mean, you look mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Starbucks, for instance. I don't know mm-hmm. statistically, mm-hmm. but they. Uh, I was reading um, a book, and that was uh, it was called the Starbucks Experience, and they spend more money. And this was back in 2011, but they spend more money on actual training and teaching of their employees than they do in marketing, which is pretty remarkable because that's just showcasing them like their customer experience is outweighs anything um, that any marketing promotional could actually do. And it just also results in showcasing that the customer understanding what the customer is and who they are and how you, how they can love the customer the best is going to give the highest return um, of investment and loyalty when it comes down to it. And so it's pretty cool. Like anytime you go to a Starbucks, the nice thing is like you have the standard uh, consistency that your drink is going to taste the same no matter where you are. And secondly, you can get this pretty upbeat, positive atmosphere, uh, which is pretty nice. And so now, you know, they're transitioning into more of a corporate role, but like they're still doing a really good job mm-hmm. at just getting to know people and just being smiley. And so and like, and I don't think they're trying to fake it by any means. I think they're actually trying to be authentic and genuine there. And I think a lot of businesses should follow that model in, in their own unique way, because it, it, at the end of the day, it's not Starbucks model. They don't own the rights to being positive to people. It's it's just like <laughs> it's a, another way of loving people. And I think that's really what we, it comes down to. So as you currently have employees and um, continue to expand your business in different aspects, how are you doing that for your employees? Because managing people is hard. We both know that. Um, how are you inspiring them? through your actions, through the decisions in the business, so they feel invested. What's your take on that? And how do you do that? Um, Yeah. It could be the same as others. Yeah, I feel like it's taken a while to figure out how to best give value to students. And I think uh, because students are my employees at the same time. And so um, what I've been able to actually line up is understanding what they want what they're passionate about what they are pursuing and how can i teach them that's different from academia and Mm -hmm. through that i've been able to give my hr students the opportunity to actually create an employee handbook the understandings of how to actually go about that employee handbook process and why it is important and do all the processes of filing for taxes and understanding what forms are needed for payroll and so forth. And it's like, I've been able to provide that opportunity for that student and they wouldn't have had that opportunity in undergrad uh, within the HR program and vice versa with social media people um, actually running a social media account or several accounts for a business instead of doing it in theory. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've been able to add value by providing opportunities and then allowing the students to actually make those failures because then those are the learning opportunities that we talk about and see how we can grow from it. And so like, and it's, there, 
there's not there's hasn't been anything that was like a huge failure where like it really uh, spoke poorly of the business and and so mm -hmm. which has been a blessing for that but like at the same time regardless if it was or not it still would have been a learning outcome that we could have talked about and said um figured out how we got there and like how we could have uh or it could have been an outcome after the fact like did we become reactive or proactive to what was resulted anyways what i'm trying to get at is like the best way I've been able to do it is to understand the student, knowing that they have a busy schedule in life, uh, let alone just in work, and that not every student needs 30 plus hours of work every every week. And some students have the 25 or so hours and they want an additional five hours. And, and so just understanding who that student is on um, its common core and loving them in the best way, not being repetitive, but like being consistent with them, holding them accountable by having often meetings um, that have specific parameters of different discussions and different ways to have dialogue with one another, and then teaching them of things that they're actually passionate about. And so I think that's really what has given me a pretty good return on, on my in time invested in them. I'm sensing a theme and I think it, um, due to time, I think we'll, uh, maybe have to schedule another episode at some point. Cause I, I want to ask the question, do you think there's something missing from education right now? But I think I, we probably both know the answer, your take on it <laughs> of some practical, um, yeah. how to, um, maybe save that for next time. Sounds that good, works yeah. for you, um, with and leave off on is what would be something that you think you would like to leave people with like thought for the day, something that you've been like digging at or a perspective that has really like changed the way you look at stuff lately. Yeah. I, I think that it, the same principle applies regardless if you're a multi-billion dollar company or just a company starting out. And I think that, um, the biggest takeaway, what I would have told a younger Casey is be okay with that insecurity, understand how to embrace that insecurity and go with it. Like use that as your motive or use that as your empowerment to actually have these conversations um, because you don't know what conversations will actually provide. And don't stop when you get the 50th no, because the 51st person might be a yes. And so, um, just be open to have conversations with people. People are willing to collaborate and work on projects or help you out or be a mentor. And although it might not be perfect at the time of what you are thinking, a connection is good and it provides value to some degree. And so um, I, I encourage people to just have conversations, especially in this COVID world. You know, if you don't have that social interaction or you haven't had it in a long time, reconnect with some friends virtually or um you know reach out to some professors or your circle that you can talk to about something that you're passionate about you don't need to start a business to get to where i am at you can pursue whatever you're passionate about and you can just be just as happy so um, i would really encourage people to uh, put themselves out there and see where opportunity takes takes it Thank you so much, Casey. This has been really inspiring and understanding like 
your path and obviously we wish you all the best and sounds like for sure we're going to be having a good conversation coming up for sure. again at some point about 